The West Coast Traveler is an adventure in itself with content created by professional journalists and amazing photos provided by our readers. WestCoastTraveler.com is the newest travel network exploring all corners of Western Canada and the U.S. You'll see stunning photos and videos, read engaging travel features from around Western Canada and the U.S. Experience all the West Coast has to offer. Begin planning your next adventure. Visit WestCoastTraveler.com. PQ Beat is the official podcast of the Parksville Qualicum Beach News. I'm Peter McCulley. Today, we welcome Gord Johns, since 2015, the Member of Parliament for Courtney Alberni. Thanks for joining us today, Gord. Thanks for having me on your show, Peter. Hello to all your listeners. You must have an interesting schedule. We're chatting today as you're in Ottawa getting ready for question period, and Vancouver Island is about as far away from Ottawa as you can get. How often are you actually home? Yeah, I wish I was home more, but this is just a perfect example. My flight got in at 2 in the morning here at the office early getting ready for a busy week here in Ottawa. And often I'm flying back on Thursday night to the riding to attend many different events throughout the riding before traveling back. So it can be anywhere from 9 to 11 hours just to to get here. And definitely a a different job for MPs on the West Coast, especially Vancouver Island, compared to MPs in Central Canada, that's for sure. Courtney Alberni is geographically a very large riding. It extends from Tofino to Courtney Comox and... Parksville, Qualicum Beach. An issue that's been at the forefront the past couple of years has been recently in the news is the decision not to renew the licenses of salmon farms. So I had a couple of questions. Does that affect the farms on the west coast of the island as well as the east? And is this for fish only, salmon, not shellfish? So this is for open net fish farms. We know that there's been challenges with open net fish farms when it comes to sea lice and the the volume of sea lice with pathogens, with die-offs. There's many concerns, and the government decided to group. They put it forward in their 2015 election campaign that they would move away from open that salmon farming to close containment. And they're starting with the Broughton, and that's been supported by many of the First Nations there as well. But they failed to deliver a, a concrete transition plan, which is critical for workers, communities that rely on that sector. So the government has a lot of work to do. They need to make sure that they've got a good transition plan in place and they need to follow through with their promise because it's critical that we protect juvenile wild migrating salmon given the the state uh, and the crisis that our wild salmon are in and the importance of wild salmon for our way of life, for culture, for food security, and especially for Indigenous peoples. Could you outline, Gord, some of the issues that are currently affecting infrastructure across the riding? I'm thinking of bridges, sewage treatment plants. They are big-ticket items, but not necessarily sexy. We certainly have many issues in our riding, especially a riding as diverse as Courtney, Alberti, which is obviously one of the most beautiful places on earth. But we do have huge challenges, and infrastructure certainly has been one of them. And uh, partly one of the reasons I ran for politics was I felt like we weren't getting our share of funding. I, I sat in local government. Our member of parliament was not accessible. He didn't speak on our issues, and we weren't getting our share from Ottawa. And we heard loud and clear from taxpayers. They want to make sure that they're getting their tax dollars back in the community and spent in the community. So we've been able to get a 14-fold increase per annual uh, basis to the previous 10 years when we had a Conservative member in government to now, you know, where I'm in opposition and, and we've been working hard for seven and a half years and we've been able to get, you know, water treatment infrastructure so that we can end boil water advisories from Courtney and to Banfield 
to really important sewage treatment in Tofino to the Comox Valley and ensuring that we're getting critical water infrastructure, whether it be ensuring that we've got it right throughout the riding and as well as ensuring that we've got infrastructure in place so that we can continue to develop and grow and build affordable housing and the various different needs that can support our communities. The last time we saw each other, Gord, was a few months ago when Jagmut Singh was in Qualicum Beach talking to people about health care. At that time, he was talking about the PharmaCare bill. Do you suppose that will be a done deal this year? Yeah, well, that's our expectation. It's in the confidence and supply agreement that we have with the Liberal government that they have to deliver a PharmaCare Act legislation by the end of the year. Our critical priority right now is, is to ensure that every element of the agreement is in play this year. The further rolling out of the dental care plan right now, we have over half a million children under 12 years old that are accessing a dental care plan where they had no dental care before that. So this is critical to the, us working with the Liberals, but ensuring that everybody eventually will have access to dental care. This year, we're excited that children under 18 and seniors are going to be eligible for dental care. And next year, all families that are $90,000 or less will have some, some form of a dental care subsidy. But in terms of healthcare, what we heard at that roundtable was that people are concerned about our fragmented healthcare system. They're concerned that they can't afford to get the help they need if we turn to a privatized system. And we see that starting to sneak through in various different provinces and different areas of our healthcare system. We'll simply just draw workers away from the public system and further erode the, the universal healthcare system that we have in place. We're going to do everything we can to protect that system and ensure that we further enhance it and and properly um, resource it by ensuring that workers get fair wages and that we are encouraging more and more people to get into the field through incentives and and ensuring that we have a a system that can serve the needs of Canadians. During the last federal election, which was in the fall of 2021, some of the biggest issues that you said you heard from constituents throughout the campaign were related to affordability, climate change, and the opioid crisis. Any progress on any of those issues that you'd like to pass along? I would say this, that when it comes to affordability, we've been able to, through our confidence and supply agreement, use our power to get the doubling of the GST rebate to ensure that people get help with their groceries. We're pushing for that to happen again. Also, a $500 housing benefit for the, the lowest income earners in our country to give them some support that way. And ensuring that we're calling on the big grocery stores, the big CEOs, that are having record profits to to pay their fair share to get that back into the hands of Canadians. We've got a lot of work to do on that front. We we want the government to provide relief when it comes to GST on home heating. We're going to continue to put pressure on the government. So we've had some progress, certainly when it comes to the dental care plan again. But we have a long way to go. We know that people are struggling, especially when it comes to affordable housing. So through our confidence and supply agreement, we're able to get the, the government back in the co-op housing game, which they've been out of for over 30 years. So 6,500 units, is it what we do if we're in government? No, we do much more. But ensuring that we also doubled the rapid housing initiative to build affordable housing for people that are homeless and also to double the amount of money that the government was initially going to commit to Indigenous housing because we know that many Indigenous people are living in precarious housing. So we've had some success in that area in terms of climate. We've got a, a clean job center that we were able to negotiate around investments in tackling climate change. And in terms of the toxic drug crisis, I am the critic for mental health and, and substance use. Last year, I spent the bulk of my year in between the House of Commons sitting weekends, traveling the country, listening to experts, 
hearing from everyone, from police chiefs to medical health experts, about how to respond to the crisis. And I tabled legislation to respond to the expert task force on substance use, which just reflected that. And sadly, it was defeated by both conservatives and liberals decided they didn't even want to hear from experts. So I'm just continuing to raise it in Parliament. And finally, I'm getting everyone talking about it. So we were able to force the first debate ever on mental health for four hours and on the substance use toxic drug crisis for four hours in the House of Commons. So we're going to continue to apply pressure on government to respond to this epidemic that it is and treat it as a health crisis, which is what even the police chiefs are saying, that we can't police ourselves out of this problem and that we need to take a health-based approach like other countries have that have had success in reducing fatalities due, due to toxic drugs. So this is really important that it's a forefront of our health. And it's also important for our healthcare system because we know our ER rooms and doctor's offices are overwhelmed with responding to mental health and the toxic drug crisis and issues related to substance use. And we need to get the patients the care that they need and deserve, but also make sure that we open up space in the healthcare system for physical ailments and direct them into the right areas. This is really important in terms of part of the solve for the healthcare crisis that we're in overall. Gord, what's been happening with reconciliation across the riding? Clearly not enough. We know that inequality is extremely high, especially when it comes to Indigenous people. Again, we can look at the toxic drug crisis. In British Columbia, you're over five times more likely to die of a death from a toxic drug-related death if you're Indigenous compared to non-Indigenous. In many communities, even much higher than that. Overcrowded housing, a lack of infrastructure. So there is work being done, but it's not even close to enough. In our confidence supply agreement, we were able to get a doubling of money invested in housing for Indigenous people, but it's far from what's needed. And we need to continue to listen to Indigenous people, especially with the recent findings of the unmarked graves and the calls to truth and justice and work with Indigenous communities in their calls to truth and justice and ensure that they get the resources so that we can walk together in terms of reconciliation and find the best pathway forward. I take it you've probably been following the decisions that have been made the past few weeks regarding the future of rail on Vancouver Island? I sure have. And obviously it's disappointing that all parties couldn't come to an agreement on how to move forward with uh, rail uh, on Vancouver Island and the rail service. But uh, we've always been very clear that throughout the whole corridor, it has to be supported by the communities along the corridor, and especially when it comes to Indigenous communities. So I think the good news is that we know the outcome and we can start to move forward with conversations about what that corridor will look like in the years to come, and certainly respecting the analysis and their decisions on their territory and how that would impact their territory. But we do need to work on transportation as a whole. I've been calling for the federal government to transfer direct funding to private sector bus companies in the absence of Greyhound to ensure that we have a strong network across the country or develop a national service so that we have interconnectedness between cities in rural Canada where we rely heavily on bus transportation. I think that there's many different ways that we can work on transportation in our communities, but it's a huge issue, especially when it comes to inequality and and people with barriers. Also working with BC Transit to increase transit routes on Vancouver Island. So ensuring that the federal government's putting more money towards that and supporting the province's efforts that way. 
58% of eligible voters voted in the last federal election in Courtney, Alberni, and it was just over 61% across the country, the third lowest in history. Any thoughts on how we get more people to be involved in the process moving forward? We put forward ideas to lower the voting age to 16. We, we were disappointed that the Conservatives and Liberals voted against that, especially when a lot of decision-making, whether it be in climate or housing, or really critical investments that are needed to ensure that our youth aren't carrying the burden of, of the pressures and decisions of today, it was defeated. And so that would have helped because we know when we get young people, they tend to vote more regularly and more often in the future. So we need to do everything we can to increase voter participation. But I think right now the division, the divisiveness, the, the rhetoric, a lot of propaganda that's being pushed out in our communities is creating voter apathy. People are losing hope, especially when they see governments fail to deliver on their needs. And we need to work together. We need to find ways to work collectively. That's what we're trying to do as New Democrats, put ourselves forward to find solutions instead of just throwing rocks at the government and not offering solutions to help people. That's fundamentally what our priority is right now, is just to get help to people now instead of playing games. And that's our focus. And we need people to vote. If they want to elect people that are going to work for them, that are going to fight for them, they need to get out and vote and participate in democracy. Thanks for your time today, Gordon. Yeah, you bet, Peter. I know people, they want to reach out to my office and share their thoughts. They can call. They can write back to us. We mail them updates as best we can. They're just a snippet of really what we're working on. I'm going to continue to work hard to ensure that our voices be heard. And that's what I'm bringing every day to, uh, to Ottawa from constituents in our riding. Gord Johns, the Member of Parliament for Courtney Alberni. That's this edition of PQB. Thanks for listening. If you have comments or suggestions, we'd like to hear from you. You'll find our contact information on our website, pqbnews.com. The West Coast Traveler is an adventure in itself with content created by professional journalists and amazing photos provided by our readers. WestCoastTraveler.com is the newest travel network exploring all corners of Western Canada and the U.S. You'll see stunning photos and videos, read engaging travel features from around Western Canada and the U.S., experience all the West Coast has to offer. Begin planning your next adventure. Visit WestCoastTraveler.com.